2: everyone and welcome to the five star joshi show here on the fight game media network i am your host as always scott edwards and with me this week is steven conway who, of course, has his own show on the network, which I'd love you to tell the world about while introducing yourself, of
0: course. Hey, thanks for having me, Scott. Appreciate that. Uh, Jeremy Feinstone and I are co-hosts of the Speaking of Strong Style show, and that is a New Japan-centric program we have on the Fight Game Media Network on the YouTube, and then we have a podcast feed as well. And uh, we talk all things New Japan on that show. And because uh of the bushy road connection uh that has brought me into stardom as well which is uh makes me very very happy that i'm here and getting to talk about stardom going into a big event this is exciting
2: yeah it's kind of your show is kind of like the brother show to my show in a lot of ways because of the new japan stardom aspect and as people know who listen to this show it is all joshi but of course stardom is our main source of uh entertainment each and every week it uh, makes up both the patreon and the free version each and every week so uh, i'm happy to have you on here and we're gonna we're gonna change it up a little bit this week folks instead of jumping in and reviewing all the shows mostly because unfortunately not everything was up in time for me to view um which was stardom and showcase which was really the only show i would have really touched on this week um which is not a big deal uh you know make sure to check that out on star world. If you want to go see it, we'll, we'll probably completely skip that by now. um, Because next week's pay-per-view week. Uh, But as I, as I was saying, I'm having Steven on here because, you know, over the past year, he's really put an effort in to get into the world of Star, And I think, I think my favorite thing as someone that went through that journey, of course, over the past couple of years and really get to expand, and learn what stardom's all about. I always love to hear your stories. And I think based with my guide that came out a few weeks ago um, to help stardom listeners, it's only perfect to hear from someone who's done it over the past year to really get into it. So uh, are you uh, cool with that? Sure. Yeah. Um, I began
0: uh, with, uh, first of all, I followed stardom a little bit. Uh, for years now uh, just sure. because i had heard good things about the company and i knew that there were good matches going on and really good workers there and but it was hit and miss i would catch a match here and there if somebody really recommended something to me and said wow there was this wonderful thing that happened here you know this great match yeah. this uh you know I would I would go and seek it out I would find it and usually with the interweb somewhere in there you could get a look at it and I didn't follow the storylines week to week and for instance, when what happened with Hanakamura happened, when when, mm-hmm. when Hana took her own life right there. I was aware of Hana, but I could not have told you a whole lot. And I had seen a couple of her matches because some of them had been recommended. But I was at that point where I really didn't know much about the storylines. I would just catch a match here and there when somebody said there was something great. As the workers began showing up at Wrestle Kingdom in those pre-show matches and then what were close to not dark matches but they were on the pre-show that they have and things i saw those matches of course because we covered them and and we weren't doing speaking of strong style but i was writing about new japan for uh fight game media for before i did the show and it just very very impressive and they were just uh i love the style i love the speed i i loved the Coordination and sequencing in stardom, it just felt like it was all very, very smooth. And, and of course, they picked the best people to represent that at Kingdom. So I thought, okay, I'm probably missing out on something by not following this closer. And I began to pay more attention to the storylines, but I didn't, I still couldn't watch all the shows. As historic crossover approached, of course, that was when they were going to truly integrate stardom into new japan and with it uh, bushy road having the thought that it it looks odd to have an all-men's show in north america and they wanted to integrate stardom in with new japan uh, at the big shows in japan and you were going to start to see some of these people on shows that one really triggered it and Mm. i followed the five-star grand prix this year closely thinking that it would have something to do with the iwgp women's championship and all that now that didn't quite turn out to be how it went but i got caught up in it absolutely got caught up in it and i suppose if you're going to get caught up in it uh, the five-star grand prix is the time it's it's like starting to watch new japan during the g1 you're just like mm-hmm. seeing everybody go full steam ahead and yeah. it deeply impressed with the roster the depth of the roster they're are so many good workers in Stardom that I would just watch those five star shows, and I finally signed up for Stardom World, uh, which is not easy. <laughs> they don't they don't make they don't make it easy on you. It's it's not the yeah. best interface, but uh, I, I i struggled through it and I got it. And uh, my first like show I watched end to end was the final night of five star. That was the one that I was finally able to just yeah. sit down and I'm just going to watch this thing. And uh, when you see something like that then uh there's really not a whole lot going back and it was one of those things where it's booked with a decent amount of logic you know there's always pro wrestling logic in there of course but of course Rossi Ogawa I feel was the best booker this past year and that's somebody who's banged the drum for ghetto for years on that I thought Rossi did a better job this year than ghetto did and all the stories made sense they had some kind of um I think they had just the right amount of build and I was just really impressed with it. And since then I've watched darn near everything that's gone on in stardom world. And uh, I, I'm in, I, these, you know, these women have really good storylines going They're uh, It's a deep roster. That's very, very talented. And uh, I, I just enjoy it. Uh, I just enjoy it anytime a show drops. So uh, it got me hooked. And then as it carried through historic crossover and we saw the Kyrie thing, and the match with Mayu Watani to establish that title and even the semifinals, uh, it's, it's just made it all uh, more of a thing for me to cover. So, uh, you know, and, and here I am and, and I, I'm learning who everyone is and their motivations and, and it's, it's like finding a whole new field of research.
2: Yeah. I, I, I love hearing that it was the five star that locked you. And I think for anyone these days, it should be that tournament and as compared to the G one, what the five star has going for it is it's fifteen minutes. Each match mm-hmm. is fifteen minutes. So it's it's you're in, you're out. Uh you don't you don't spend too much time now, don't get me wrong. There was a lot of uh block matches last year. I think it came I think the official number of tournament matches was 157 wow. when it was all said and done. Um but and then hearing that the first show you watch beginning to end was that five-star grand prix final, which, you know, I've, I've said on here multiple times was my favorite show of all of last year over, you know, the big new Japan shows, AW shows, WWE shows. And I think every promotion I could think of had some really good, you know, shows to enter. Um, I, I always bring up WrestleMania night one. I bring up, uh, for New Japan that you know New Japan's like end of the year was especially good last year and as we're seeing with the beginning of this year it's you know they they're just unstoppable right now in a lot of ways um but hearing that it's like okay so so if that was able to win someone over that's not as locked in or now is but previously right because you know, you look at that final night, and I like going back and looking at that night because, to me, it's one of the greatest nights in Stardom Mystery, is that they were able to connect the story of Julia through both of her matches, and you kind of got an idea of what Julia was all about within a two-match, one-night span, if that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Um with the Susan match, you got that ice ribbon passed, and her leaving to go to Stardom, and then with Tam, you got that up and down, of course, where she had to shave her head and stuff like that. So now let me let me ask you this: Have you gone back into the archives of Stardom World at all, and has anything from there stood out to you that maybe you know we aren't talking about now because you know Stardom's go 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 go, so it's kind of hard to
0: the. Part that struck me and was, and I have gone back into the archives a little bit. Uh, There have been so many shows that I've had to try to watch uh, to keep up uh, to watch the new ones. But Mm. I have gone back in the archives a little bit. What has struck me is the growth. Mm. And certainly the working style was good a few years ago. It's better now. It just keeps, it, it does keep getting better. It keeps improving. But it was good three, four years ago, but the crowds weren't there. They were in this, right. you know, most of those shows were in the tiny buildings. And it struck me that back only 2019, 2018, the big yeah, shows sure. were a Cork and Hall. A Cork and yeah. Hall, the, the 1800, or the 1300, 1400, depending on the configuration yeah. building, was their big show. And that was the one that ended the year and things. And now that's a regular building for them. That, and it's kind of become closer to what new japan is doing they're not drawing new japan sized crowds at the big shows yet but it's they're trending the correct direction Mm -hmm. but the idea i think if you had told some stardom people 2018 and even to 2019 maybe that well over 3,000 people at Sumo Hall was going to be within the next few years, I think they would have fallen over sideways because I don't remember the name of that little building. They were, that they used a lot, but I think like three, it was Shikiba. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it was, you know, like three, uh, just 300 people. <laughs> and that was where their normal shows were. And the big ones were a and now Corico is, um, still important, but, the big shows are much bigger buildings. They're in Osaka. They're in uh, Ryugoku Kikuji kan And I, I think that has been the biggest uh, yeah. thing I've noticed there when I go back into the archives is the product was always good. But mm-hmm. somehow, even during a pandemic, they managed to grow that audience
2: substantially, and that's impressive. Yeah, they, they did something through the pandemic that I don't think anyone could have imagined. Like well, no other their wildest dreams. No other company did it. Yeah, they 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 moved their attendance plus two hundred percent essentially. It's insane. Which is absolutely crazy. And they did that without cheering. And you know, now that it's opening up, it's like, okay, so if that's what they could do with that situation, right? It's like, mm-hmm. what can they do now? And mm-hmm. as we're already seeing it, right? All Star Grand Queendom in April. That's at the Yokohama Arena. That's a big building. It's a big, <laughs> big building. They know what they're doing. They 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 they're taking chances, and I think that's why they're where they are now. Is because they're just willing to take chances. Yeah, not every chance is gonna hit, but most chances that they do try do hit, and I think that's. That's kind of what we saw, say, year-end last year, Stardom Dream Queendom. They went with the outsider-type gimmick with a lot of their matches, except for the main event, of course. So, you know, Sai is facing Haruka Umasaki. Uh, 7-Up is, you know, 7-Up's a different type of outsider because, you know, Nanai Takahashi is up and down the history of Stardom, of course, but... Uh, they come in, they melt here. You have prominence coming in and beating Oedo tie. So it's like they are—they've taken so many chances and trying to now involve the outside and some of the most talented wrestlers on the outside of their company that it, you almost get a you know big smile when you look at well, what's that April twenty-third show going to look like? And and we already have some hints. We already have some ideas. Uh, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but I think the basic one of my favorite basic questions is. Who stood out to you the most? Who are some of your favorites right now in stardom? Julia, of
0: course. It was her year. So, I mean, that was by design. But there is something oddly charismatic about I don't mean it's like she has odd credit, but I mean, there's something unusually charismatic about her. And she has a presence about her that even before she defeated Shuri for the title, she looked like a champion and when she would walk out there it looked like the champ was here even though shuri was still carrying around the red belt and Shuri's wonderful <laughs> we all know that yeah. but there is something special about uh julia just the, her presentation and the, and things i was very very impressed with uh nat Sepoy all year i know that earlier in the year i i didn't know this that she, until a while later that she had been part of uh on a Mundo and turned and went with cosmic angels, and I mentioned this to you. She's the most cosmic angelly of all the cosmic <laughs> angels, including Tam. Yeah, uh, she and, really is. And so I'm just sitting here watching. Them. Wait a minute, she was in a different faction. I couldn't even picture it. And then so <laughs> that one, I that one, I did go back and watch. And I would watch her in DDM, and I was just like, no, nah, she's a cosmic angel. That, that, that she's a cosmic. <laughs> angel. It's right there in front of them. Uh, I guess they knew it too. But what what got me about her was her her acting is really good, mm. and her. Yeah. Facial expressions are wonderful, and when she would face a former DDM member not long after that turn, it looked like she was in emotional turmoil doing it. You know, it was mm-hmm. you could tell that this was difficult for her. I was really impressed with her, and she and Tam Nakano made one of my favorite tag teams of the year last year. Yeah. And I thought that team was uh, wonderful, and I kind of wish they hadn't lost the Goddesses title. <laughs> and then, that, no, no offense to Seven Up, but I would rather be watching Tam and Natsupoi tag matches, mm-hmm. but. Uh, that, uh, um, Momo Watanabe, mm. terrific. And, uh, again, you talk about that charisma, that little sneer that she carries around. You just want to smack it off her damn face. It's just <laughs> such a, she's such a fabulous heel. Yeah. And, uh, she stood out for me in, uh, and of course the, to me, the, the main standout from Oedo Tai is I, I think starlight kid is just phenomenal. Uh, you can just see how smooth she is, how easily she moves, um uh, she almost seems to flow around the ring like water uh yeah. and uh the ropes and the turnbuckles don't seem to affect her trajectory at all she just kind of floats and uh i'm really captivated by her and on the same line uh, azumi does kind of the same type of thing just so smooth in the ring so there's all kinds of good stuff and i haven't even gotten to utami and things and that's what i'm talking about yeah. the depth uh, yeah because utami's terrific micah's excellent maybe probably underrated uh I mean, the the depth of this company is tremendous.
1: NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. place for a happy prize Go to your happy prize Priceline
2: Yeah, I, I'm shocked you didn't say Waka, of course, because I know I know how invested <laughs> well, we'll get in the Waka Tsukiyama story. Yeah, man, um, I'm so in on Waka Tsukiyama. I, I, think, I think a lot of those st- and, and I always love to ask people who their standouts for stardom because I think everyone sees stardom in a very different light in a good way. It's that Everyone has a different wrestling preference of how, you know, a favorite is made up and how they are in the ring. And I always, it almost becomes like so funny because there is such a big roster they have. And mm-hmm. you'll, you'll almost never hear one person say they have the same, you know, three favorites because mm-hmm. of what their roster is so you know hearing you go from you know julia to Natsupoi to momo Watanabe, it's like obviously i agree they're all incredibly talented and fantastic um but i think that's kind of like the stuff i like to hear because it's like okay so everyone's making a difference maybe it's not like the same people we have on the same mindset at all times even though momo was one of my when i did like a so I don't know, people have heard this that have heard the show by now, but when I did my whole watch through, so the way I got into stardom was I watched from the very beginning before mm. catching up. I I had someone pick up certain matches for me, kind of just get a gist of the history, see some of the most important matches, you know, from Io Shirai to uh, Nanai Takahashi, Yuzuki Aikawa, all the way to Risa Hoshiki and and, and wrestlers like that. So you get, you get this really wide range. And Momo was one of the first people that stood out to me when she was, you know, 17, 18 years old, and she would go on to, of course, have her historic reign as champion. So I, I love always hearing when someone says Momo, especially now, because I do think she's a more complete character now as that heel because like you said that that little smirk she does it's like uh, mm-hmm. so yeah.
0: good so yeah. good and, uh, I, and i like i like uh you know Ruwaka i think has a lot of potential mm-hmm. right there and she's come along long uh, way just in the last year really she's wrestling a lot better uh and uh hazuki is just excellent and you know when you look at some of these things there's like all the way down i love that rossi has given some of the people even on what are, would be considered the win-loss record the bottom of it of course we you know waka has a storyline uh momokogo is going through her own uh, little things there where she's upset mayu iwatani mm-hmm. a few times and she seems to have some sort of strange obsession with Saki kashima and things it's uh everybody's got something to do but it's not done it's not overdone it's not in your face it's not the and this is not, I, I like AEW, but one of the things about AEW is that it just feels like there are 20 different plot points per segment sometimes. And with with stardom, I think Rossi will just like, there's a little bit over here. And then maybe maybe this person won't do anything for a couple of shows except wrestle their matches and it'll be good. And then something important will happen to them. And, you know, it's so... you don't feel overwhelmed by it either. And it's, it's very easy to follow. It's indigestible bits. Like you said, the time limits aren't too long Mm -hmm. and uh, you don't feel like you're going through this big uh, time suck to catch up. You can watch a couple of matches and, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, you can just kind of go up, go about your business. And uh, it, it's very satisfying in that sense as well. So, you know, solid stories, easy to follow, not too much. It's, it's really
2: well paced. Yeah, and I'll ask you if you've noticed this, you know, you brought up the stories and how Rossi says a little bit here, a little bit there, kind of gives the whole roster their own story, Mm -hmm. it just doesn't have to be the centerpiece of every show, if that makes sense, and Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of where I want to bring it up, is like, have you been able to catch on to certain, like, long-term stories as you've watched, while also seeing, like, the immediate now, say, Momokogo, Wakasukiyama, of course, um, but those long-term stories like Julia's when you jumped in mm-hmm. or DDMs as a whole or Nazi poise, for example, where you've, you know, noticed the differences between those two or when she's wrestling DDM. So you kind of see that. And then there's the bigger, even bigger long-term stories, which I'm a sucker for, which is like my Yutani and Starlight kids relationship, which is one of my favorite stories in all of wrestling, which hmm. so, so, I don't know. Do you know that Starlight Kid used to be in Stars? I did know that.
0: And I understand that there, and she and Watanabe were a part of some storyline where if you lost you had to join the other faction. Yes. and that's how they ended up in there. And apparently uh the uh the heel the heelness of a tai tie just in, infected their got into their pores and it got into them and they just became yeah. although I gotta say Starlight Kid doesn't
2: really work heel. <laughs> yeah she's like a <laughs> she's like the perfect baby face that is a yes. heel. Yeah uh, but she's and, and that's why I bring this up because so my favorite story is star is that one because Hmm. Starlight Kid was pretty much brought up by Mayu Yutani, trained by Mayu Yutani. Like they were a tag team. They were called the MK sisters. It's kind of why if you saw that New Japan Wrestle Kingdom show, when they teamed together against uh, Tam and Saya, they were like a bond because it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, they just, they just became a tag team all of a sudden again. Um, Hmm. So like you said, you know, she switched, she had to switch over to Uedo Tai after they lost the match. Um, And then, you know, that away Tai tie kind of ate into her, and that ultimately <laughs> made her decide on that. So there was this big match that they had. It was a gauntlet. Mayu Yutani had to beat every member of Awaito Tai to Oof. get Starlight Kid back. Oh. She did so, mm. and then Starlight Kid said, I'm not going to change back because I want to prove I'm your level. Ah. So, like, it's like that teacher-student scenario. Mm. So, it... it keep that in mind next time you see them go head to head because it it, cool if you look at their five star grand prix match from 2021 compared to 2022 it's like starlight kid does a whole leap because Mm -hmm. in over a year she's learned a lot more so that's one of my favorite things and uh anytime of course you need to know a certain story i'm always happy (laughs) to tell you because uh I love this stuff a little bit too much, but that, that was the, that was the cliff notes. Version well, I appreciate, of, uh,
0: no, I appreciate that. And I, I'm yeah. definitely going to be looking for that. I'm going to be uh, interested yeah. in seeing how that turns out. One thing, uh, Scott, I'll mention is, is since the five-star Grand Prix, if you really think from the five-star to now, Utami Hayashida, one of the best female workers on planet earth and mm-hmm. really one of the better workers period. She's on any list yeah. that means anything. Hasn't had a whole lot to do, she's mm-hmm. lost a couple of title matches where everybody kind of knew she was going to lose them because of where sometimes you know because there's a bigger show next, but you know, you right. know who's gonna, uh, like the Kyrie thing, you knew she wasn't going to take the belt off of Kyrie just before the Tokyo Dome, was going to happen, and you know that okay, it's going to be a terrific match because Utami only has terrific matches, but she hasn't been really figured in anything and yeah. you have Saya with the white belt and that's in her faction so you know you, you even have her not even being introduced last in the queen's quest team matches but what that can't last much longer right no tommy's got to be back up in the mix sometime right
2: yeah so it's funny you re- mentioned that because like the five star kind of saw her heat up a little bit Right, mm-hmm. she had some big wins. She got title match out of that. She had the big match with Kyrie, but since she's lost the World of Stardom Championship at the end of 2021, this has been kind of her whole thing, and and it, it, that's why I think it's funny that you bring it up because it's like I I've personally been asking that question for a while, and I think it is coming because there's one match Stardom has never done, and that is. Julia versus Utami High We've never seen that singles match. Really? Not even in the, yeah. in the Grand Prix? They have protected that more wow. than any match I've ever seen protected. Um, you would think so, right? Because the Grand Prix or even the Cinderella tournament, just one way or another, you'd think they would have matched up once. Hmm. But it's even rare that we get to see them in tag team matches. Like that is, if you think about it, anytime you see DDM and Queen's Quest go head to head, it's like... Hmm. Well, you know, Tommy's usually in there with Shuri and, you know, Julia will be in there with Saya or Azumi or someone like that. So they've made a real effort to do that, which I for sure knows on purpose, because that feels like that major building, whether it's Ryugoku, Yokohama, I don't know, they'll probably try a bigger arena eventually soon. They they try everything. They did Osaka <laughs> Joe once upon a time. No, they didn't. I don't think that's true. Uh, do they, do they, so... yeah, they do Eddie on? Yeah, they do Eddie They do Eddy on. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah Eddie They, on they makes do more so sense. many buildings now that I start to lose track. Because at the time, you know, say two a year and a half ago, them announcing these big buildings was like, oh my god. Now it's like, <laughs> yeah, we just kind of do this. And it's like, <laughs> all right, but yeah, I think Utami's going to get heated up. It's just a matter of are they going to wait for the five-star to do that? Because I think she's definitely a potential choice to be the first-ever two-time five-star winner Mm -hmm. to set up her match with Utami. Or do you do it sooner if you have another big show planned, or, which I don't think will happen because of reported people, (laughs) will Utami be the Yokohama Arena opponent, which also was a place that I thought made sense for that first-time matchup. Mm -hmm. doesn't seem that will be the case. Okay. and and to me, it does make sense if you have a Mercedes Monet on the card. You don't need to burn through your biggest match while you have a big attraction already added to that card. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's coming. It's just a matter of when this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope it's soon, though, because I'm right there with you. Like, Utami should be doing so much more. It was so nice to see her in a big title match last year because it's like, well, yeah, waited all year to uh, – see her do something of course it was against shuri so it's almost like we haven't seen her do anything new and big in a long time either because it's all been shuri but uh, i'm happy you bring that up now let's talk about let's talk about waka (laughs) you know you and me have talked about waka a few times and you know waka sukiyama we're in her final month of trying to stay in Cosmic Angels. It's an emotional journey here, folks. It has been. been. It's been emotional for me. Now, I'm a sucker
0: for an underdog story, is really what's going on here. I'm the guy that roots for the young lions on New Japan shows, even though I know (laughs) what's about to happen to them. But uh, I do get into that, and I just think she has really stepped up and done a hell of a job during this whole run because they've told the story of her being basically not an app. She always wrestled well, but she was solidly beaten. And earlier this year, then the ultimatum was put down. You got to get a win. And she started, they started telling the story through Waka getting closer and closer and closer as that has come to pass. Her work has gotten better and better and more intense. There were a couple of times I, in the last show that they did, not this, not the uh, showcase, but the, the one where they had uh, no, I guess it was. Yeah. Because there was a, uh a six an all cosmic angels six man six woman tag on that man mm-hmm. on that show and there were a couple of near falls on tam where i just yeah. thought
2: oh they are going to you know they it was that close and of course that was one of my favorite uh derby matches of the year actually
0: yeah and and it's so good and so you know i'm there's a couple of ways that that thing could go where it's just like she never does get it and <laughs> and uh it, there's that and the other way it could go is if she gets it and then tells him to stick it from giving him, from giving him an ultimatum in the first place. Yeah. Um, or it could just be that she gets the win and it was the whole, hey, we knew you could do it all along thing. So <laughs> that's, you know, we, we, we just were trying to motivate you and we're happy for you. So I'm curious to see how that ends. And uh, what is it that today is as we're recording here, it's the second and it's the 25th. So has got three weeks. God, and it's, we'll, we'll see yeah. how it goes. Um you know, I think whatever happens is after that, I think Waka is going to have a more prominent spot because yeah. if she fails and gets kicked out, she might the story might be that she goes for revenge and kind of gets on a roll if she uh, gets it and then says, oh, yeah, by the way, screw you guys. <laughs> you know, that, that's a that's a decent story, too, by the way, yeah. Uh because what who was it that left? Cosmic Angels for DDM because I just didn't want to go to dance practice my anymore. Sakura, so, yeah, that yeah. was my soccer. You know, she could just be like, "Well, you can just stick your dancing with the sun don't shine," and then because <laughs> she doesn't anyway, she just runs to the ring. Um, sure. But uh, yeah, and and then of course if if it's the whole thing with like you know we're we're so happy for you, then it's the happy ending anyway. So either way, something interesting is going to happen with Waka, and, I, and I'm on board because I think she's very talented.
2: Yeah. So one of the things I was going to hit from Stardom Showcase is that after the Cosmic Angels. Uh, trios match that they had there. Um, Tam told Waka that she will now be teaming with her at the new blood premium show in that final match. Uh, we still don't know Nani's tag team partner, of course, because it's still very fresh, but I think that's an interesting curveball to now throw in this because mm-hmm. it almost feels like that, you know, oh, screw you guys story couldn't really, really hit in that show. Um, and to me, you know, I never thought so the original set was Nanai versus Waka. That was the original mm-hmm. match. I never for a second thought that would be where Waka would win. Right. So now with you adding Tam, it does create the well, they could she could definitely have a better chance of winning now, depending on the uh, uh, partner, which I'll be shocked if it's not you or you and a Mizumori, because of course those are Nanai's two groupmates, but it's exciting. It, that mm-hmm. that's the best way to talk about the Wakasugiama story is it's exciting. Now, thinking of that pop, right, the big pop when she gets that win, it it's almost it, it's so weird for me because like yes, a big arena would be really cool for her to get it, but there's something about a store a stardom cork and hall um, event these days that's like mm-hmm. that place is rocking. That place is so loud. I almost would like it to happen there, but I want to see it. I want to see it live or I want to be able, yeah. I don't want to be spoiled on that, you know, and the Cork and yeah. Hall are more likely to be spoiled than say a pay-per-view. So,
0: and of course, Nene, if it's Nene and you, then you have that added subplot as if Tam and Waka get the win. They're the number one daggone contenders for the goddess of stardom tag team titles after that. And, you know, that so there's, sweet. there's always that, that could be the happy ending right there. That is, yeah. you know, that, Holy crap! Not only did I finally win, I'm gonna get a shot at a title coming off of it, and uh, so I'm. That's kind of where I'm leaning as far as it would go. Mm. If it ends up being you, I just think mm, that's a good place to that's a good place to beat the champs right there and 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 set up a title. I know you don't want to beat the champs too often, but I think this yeah. is a chance to do so, so.
2: Yeah, I I could I also because you know they do the press conferences and sometimes things change there. I'm mm. almost wondering if they would be so daring, because this is going to be a pay-per-view. New Blood Premium will be a pay-per-view, first time ever thing. I'm almost wondering if, you know, she picks you and then deny because she's so smug, right? Mm. Says, we'll even put the titles on the line. And then <laughs> out of nowhere, not only does Waka get her first win. Oh, my goodness. She's a champion, too. That so, would pop uh, me. I would be very excited. That would be, I think that if you want to kind of, because of course you're trying to sell tickets too at the same time, so maybe sure. that's something to consider. Uh, but I'm happy. Uh, I'm happy, Waka, and you know you're a Waka maniac. That's that's a real thing going on. <laughs> Waka maniac. I, <like> <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm gonna get a shirt made. But the uh,
0: I, it is interesting too because they could do that and see how tickets are moving and mm-hmm. wait. And if they yep. decide, you know, well, we could use a little juice right here, then you could make it a title match. But if the tickets go anyway. You could just make it a non-title and then have the title exactly. match and sell tickets down there. So up. they have choices, and and that's yeah. always healthy. Uh, you know, but by, by the way, Scott, I wanted to ask you this. You asked about long-term storylines, and I do have a question about
2: one. Mm. The, ooh,
0: prominence's relationship to everybody, because they seem like you know, hardcore matches, outsiders and things. And this is something to be honest, I'm not totally aware of. And one of the things about not having any uh, English commentary. um, And if you're interested, by the way, Scott and I volunteer, we'll get on flights. Uh, If if you guys want to start picking that up ready, (laughs) we'll call the action. Uh, I'm ready. Uh, But, uh, so I, I don't I'm curious like how Prominence has woven their way through because they aren't full timers, they aren't mm-hmm. part of the, the the group necessarily and they're presented as outsiders. Yeah. Yet it seems like half the roster has some sort of history with them. What's what can you help me out with them a little bit?
2: Yeah, of course. So so prominence, uh the the group itself, they started after detracting from another joshi promotion called ice ribbon that was their Mm -hmm. home for the longest time that's where julia came from uh you know probably the top joshi indie promotion out there these days um especially back then when they were there uh suzuki as you've seen by now she's been a prodigy in this in this Thing called wrestling for a few years now, and she's really been able to show that. I think 2022 was like the year everyone learned how great she was because of stardom. Risa Sarah is very hard nosed, very, uh, very strict. If you if I don't know if you've noticed that, but she's also, you know, deathmatch queen in a lot of ways like that's her thing. She does deathmatches on the outside. Um, And then the other members, Kurumi Haragi, Kane Fujita and Mochi Natsumi, who don't show up as much, if at all, really. Um, So the whole purpose when they first came in. Was to pretty much get into Julia's face, but also turn stardom on its head That was like their whole motto. We're gonna be the outsiders that take over stardom We're gonna cause problems for stardom. We're gonna go cause problems for Julia and As time has gone on and they've had a chance to mingle With other members other than Julia and DDM It's turned into this. Okay, it's prominence versus stardom more than anything Mm. else and 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 I think out of all the outsiders that have come in over the past year, they have fit in the best mm. by far. I think I think they fit in with all the roster members, you know, you have Suzu and Risa in the five star. And I think we got to see in a lot of ways what would it be like if they were here every day, right? Mm. And you know, their stories kind of are created within the first time they meet. Rather than the history, like Julia has with them, mm. because a lot now, Risa Sarah has been Stardom before. I will I will say that she wasn't Stardom before. She's had matches there uh, long ago, not many, but that has happened. So she she's a little familiar. And then her story with Churi, I will say. So they had a so that so Ice Ribbon's uh, top title is called the Ice Cross Affinity Championship. They had a Ooh. title match long ago. Um, In Ice Ribbon and it was Risa Sarah who got the better of her so that's how they worked that story into their title match and it really I think for a lot of people kind of Turned Shuri's title reign into the best of the year for a lot of people because Mm -hmm. before that Personally, I enjoyed her title reign, but it was definitely missing that like next edge and then Mm -hmm. that match with Risa Sarah, which I always recommend to people that one changed it it made sure you have to you know become a little more determined become a little more driven as this dominant champion because it was so different from her usual style so they have inner workings with some of the wrestlers but a lot of the stories like Starlight like Kids, kids suzuki for example that has just come naturally because those two are prodigy type you know 21 20 year old wrestlers who are just like i want to be the best mm-hmm. and it's really worked for them. So it's a little different everywhere, but that's kind of the main way they've really established themselves in this.
0: It's, it's really startling that Suzu Suzuki is 20 years old and was yeah. 19 at that five-star Grand Prix. That, that is uh, a level of talent you don't see often in a teenager. And, it, you know, it strikes me that the same thing, with but like, Utami is 24. She's mm. only 24. It's incredible, uh you know, and I know that we're running into a thing here too, Scott. I don't mean to, to go off on a different way, but uh, Himika, uh announcing her retirement, uh which is oh, dug on it, that's my second favorite tag team in starting this and Mih but uh, the the other thing I noticed when I would go back in the archives is just the turnover in the roster, and I know some of that had to do with Hana and things because I think didn't a couple of people like leave the business not too yeah, long after that, and a just, lot happened
2: all... a lot happened
0: and it was and the fact that they recovered from that and came back stronger is particularly impressive but it's not unusual to lose some workers in the in the middle of their what would seem to be the middle of their prime in the middle of their careers yeah and so that's another thing to to get past but suzu suzuki and utami if they stay with if they stay with wrestling and you never know because life takes you places but if they stay with my goodness these two might be main eventing for the next five six years but you know just the turnover on top of the cards in the last three years is is pretty staggering uh too but uh stardom just keeps kind of plugging away and making it work and making it work logically
2: yeah yeah so i think stardom is better at building up like the bottom of their roster Hmm. Quicker than like most promotions in wrestling because everyone has a different training system, right? You you know you train for New Japan for example you have the Young Lions program which you train you train you train go on excursion then come back which is a very yeah. long uh, Period of course yeah. for stardom, you know, they didn't have a they had one trainee From 2020 until Miyu Amasaki debuted last year, which was Lady C wow. They had one whole trainee, which so at the beginning of 2020, you, you know, you hinted at this. So I'll I'll bring up what happened. So Hazuki retired first, mm-hmm. who is now of course back. So that that also has been a big jolt for them. Is her coming back because she's mm-hmm. she was one of the most talented then. She's one of the most talented now. She's also still very young. Uh, Kigetsu, who was a main eventer, former World of Stardom champion, retired at the at the very beginning of 2020 arisa ishiki who's one of my all-time favorites uh she was the wonder of storm champion at the time COVID happens so you know everything kind of goes dark there's no wrestling she has to drop the belt and retire Mm. no no you know no goodbye no nothing Mm. she just had to drop the belt because of her neck retire she's gone she was she was and fun fact for you there, she was there at the very beginning of stardom when they opened. Oh wow. Okay. So her her and Mayu debuted against each other at the very oh, wow. first show. Now she took a lot of years off because she went into kickboxing, and did school and stuff like that. But she came back, was you know, phenomenal. Uh wonder stardom champion, Cinderella winner. Then she had to retire out of the blue. And then of course Hanna Kimura passed away. So that was four major stars. Retiring, including two of which were in the first ever uh, stardom at New Japan Wrestle Kingdom match, yeah. which was Mayu and Arisa versus Julia and Hana. Which yeah. those four were going to be your big pillars moving forward. So losing two of them, it's like, yeah. what? What do you do? Yeah. Well, they build up Utami, and Utami not not only answers the call, but I think for a lot of people stunned in that role you know she became she became one of the very best in the world like we've been talking about mm-hmm. you signed someone like shuri who's of course a ufc f- former ufc fighter she was also a former big name in the joshi indie scene you know she worked with kana aka asuka people like that so she was you know she always had that but signing her well i think will always go down as like maybe the most under the radar type move because she was the face of their rise for the majority right Mm -hmm. so you know bringing her in and then and then building all these other wrestlers up right taking chances with starlight kid who's still so young and and taking a chance with saya kamitani who at the time didn't look ready when they were putting her into a world title match at um the Nippon budokan they put her in a world title match against utami and everyone was, and I remember at the time everyone was like, "What are we doing? She's not <laughs> ready for this." She went out there and had the best match of her career mm. by far and yeah. it, it's it's things like that which I was talking about earlier. They take chances with their roster because they're not afraid to see what happens. We saw it last year, right? Mariah comes in. Mariah is. Not only walking into this company, she gets a world title match off the bat. She wins <laughs> Cinderella. She gets a Wonder Star title match. She gets tag title matches. She's instantly made from here on out. It, it's. I think it's why I look at Rossi Agala in a different light from a lot of promoters. It's because he was given the hardest of hands in 2020, right? Mm-hmm. Pandemic, losing four of your top stars, and he mm-hmm. turned it around to make stardom the number two promotion in Japan. Now, Bushiroad mm-hmm. also purchasing them did not hurt. I will say that too. Uh, <laughs> but it comes down to booking, I think, for a lot of people too at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, if the product's not good, I mean, they, right. it, New
0: Japan and, and Bushiroad and our Bushiroad specifically can can push it all at once too. But if the product isn't good, people will see that. They'll see through yeah. it. And and that 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 isn't the case at all. And, and, you know, Shuri is an interesting case in a lot of ways for me as a new fan Mm-hmm. What I like about Shuri is that everything she does looks a little different than everybody else on the roster. It, it's, it's more violent. It's, it's a little stiffer, although uh, I, you know, underrated by the way, Tam Nakano will knock the hell out of you. <laughs> like, That's true. Tam, That's true. Tam, Tam will knock the crap out of you, but uh, Shuri has that legit, you know, UFC background that she brings into it. So she has the credibility and her her stuff just looks different it hits a little bit different and when someone hits her back the way julia did in their matches the way mayu does when she faces her it and and yeah you know mayu iwatani is is no uh marshmallow i she'll she'll pop you right back too she's she's all arms and legs but uh she she will hit and when that comes out I like it because it is such a contrast to the rest of the card. And I always feel that pro wrestling is supposed to be a variety show and it's supposed to, nothing is supposed to look like everything else. Sometimes we get into these patterns and these companies yeah. get into patterns and sometimes new Japan is as guilty of it as anybody. So this, this isn't a knock on just North American wrestling, but sometimes it feels like you're watching the same act three or right. four times the way Shuri works helps that it doesn't it it breaks it up you're you're seeing something different in her matches and and that and i think that helps the show uh even even whether she's in the mid card or in the main event there's a match that looks different feels different than everybody else so it's healthy
2: yeah i i remember talking to some people about like because i was doing i was writing up her run when her you know after she lost the title and i you know asked some people like what was what were the views when she walked in for you like you know she was gonna be the oldest person on the roster so instantly that's like okay we'll see we'll see what that means mm-hmm. um she's gonna be the oldest person on the roster she's coming in from the UFC you know that it was an interesting move for them to make and she was gonna play number two to Julia so she wasn't gonna be the main star how would this work? And they were like, yeah, we thought we were going to be a good roster member, maybe hold the uh, SWA, which she did forever. Mm-hmm. Best SWA reign to date. Um, and, you know, do stuff like that. And as as the story goes, she completely, I think, changed everyone's mind of what she was going to do. They trusted her. And I think experience has a lot to do that with that, but also what you're talking about. She was different from the rest. she 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 worked different she reacted different and i think that's why sherry had so much success and does to this day you know she it for me now it's weird to not see her in a major role and not have a belt because she had a belt since the end of 2020 Mm -hmm. until she lost the world title at the end of last year so that was uh two years pretty much of having a belt of some sort um but yeah she's she's fantastic and uh the last thing I ask you here before we switch over to the Patreon version only, do um, you have any uh favorite matches that stand out?
0: Yeah, I, absolutely. Uh, Kyrie against Mayu Iwatani for the, the one that established the IWGP title mm-hmm. was one of my five favorite wrestling matches, not stardom matches, wrestling matches of uh, 2022. Just phenomenal stuff. And just two women that really know how to work with each other really know how to tell a story in the ring and I, I got chills up my spine when we started getting the i call it zombie mayu where she just <laughs> kind of stops selling but she's looks like she's almost dead but she kind of moved just keeps moving forward and then attacks and and it's yeah. it, iwatani has more control over her body than she than it looks like she does and she makes it work for her and it's, it's all calculated. Like, it, there are all kinds of times when, uh, like during, when before the uh, regulations have been relaxed, I'll give you a perfect example of it, when they would set people every other seat. And they, and they didn't have empty seats the way New Japan did. There would just be an empty spot right there in, at stardom shows. So you would get a person, and then you would get a little bit of space, and then you get another person. She, was, she figured out how to get knocked off the apron and stumble through the people without hitting anybody <laughs> and it looked like she was completely out of control and she did it exactly perfectly every single time <laughs> you know so it, yeah. and there are just all kinds of moments in a match where you just realize it looks like she's just a whirling dervish because she, you know she's so lanky. but everything is under perfect control and this is really impressive and then when she's in with somebody as good as Kyrie, who can play to all of those strengths Something really special happens. That's one of my favorites. Uh, Julia's match uh, for the against Tam at the to win the five star and move on was was wonderful, emotional, all that. And uh, yeah, I and boy, it's it's hard to pick just one, but Tam and Natsupoy in the Cinder, in the uh, Goddess tournament match after match after match was really really terrific. So the, those are the ones that really uh, leapt out at me over the the second half since I started watching consistently
2: yeah I think those are uh all ones that jump out to me too you know that uh historic crossover mm. main, that historic crossover main event uh, it's one of the more special matches I've watched just because of e- it's easy to kind of fall under pressure right because of the situation and you know the fact that you know this is a moment where you can put yourself on the map in every way. Yeah. You know, all eyes are on you because you're working with New Japan. You're main eventing this first time ever show. And I don't think they could have done better.
0: I don't know how I don't that. remember off the top of my head how many matches there were that contained stardom members. But I think four or five or maybe more. Yeah, than those five or so. They were the first, second, third, fourth, and fifth batch masters on that show. <laughs> yeah.
2: Exactly. They were. were.
0: You could see how motivated they were and how good they were. And uh, those were the best matches on that show. And new Japan had one hell of a 2022, some brilliant stuff. But that night they showed up.
2: Yeah, they did. They did. So uh, everyone, if you want to check out the rest of my conversation with Steven, make sure to subscribe to the Patreon. We're going to be taking a look at this Saturday's pay-per-view um, and I'm going to ask him uh, one more question that I didn't get to ask on this. But uh, make sure to head over there. Uh, so next week we will have the full review on here on these free feeds. So don't you have to worry? We will have the free full version of our review of the Triangle Derby One Championship Battle, which features Julia versus Mikey, Saito versus Suzuki, Ozumi versus Starlight Kid, the rematch, and so. Much more. So make sure to uh, subscribe if you haven't already. And until then, we'll see you.
1: Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone.